0: Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. And today I am
1: super excited to have a very special guest to our show. Welcome to the show, Heather Stewart. Hi, thank you so much, Gina. I'm super excited to be here also. I probably am a little more excited than you, I think.
0: I don't know. We had quite a good <laughs> chat prior are both giggly. I think yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a great podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so just a quick little intro um, of who the heck is Heather Stewart. But Heather is a bliss coach, and she is the CEO of Connecting to Bliss, and she teaches parents the systems to find their bliss amongst their chaos and their lives, which we all need. And she really is just changing the dialogue for parents to step into their own self-care and helping them make the small steps that really add to big shifts in their lives. She is a Jay Shetty life coach, explorer, and all-around amazing
1: human. (laughs) Heather, I'm so happy you're here. How are Uh, you? I'm really. amazing and i love you so much <laughs> oh my god we got the giggles here this morning we do we totally have the giggles
0: <laughs> you know it's a good day when you can't see my eyes because i'm laughing so much <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh go ahead sorry
1: i was just gonna say it's a good thing i'm actually not wearing makeup because it would just be like mushed all over my face.
0: <laughs> oh, same me and makeup. It's just know. not a good combo. No. So I kind of gave our listeners a little blur blurb about who you are and kind of what you do, but would you just take a moment
1: and introduce yourself in your own words and um, just share with our peeps who you are? Yeah. So again, thank you so much for having me here. I am... A mom of one, and I am a working parent. So I also work in the travel industry and have for oh gosh, I'm aging myself a long time, probably <laughs> seventeen years. I think I counted the other day. So um, yeah, it's crazy. And I was a hairdresser before that. So a <laughs> woman do, of many talents. You, you do the math and how old I am? Um, <laughs> Twenty-two. Yeah, exactly. I started when I was three. Um, I uh, newly have arrived to Newfoundland. My family and I decided to take the leap and follow our dream and change our lifestyle completely. So, um, what? Who else am I? I am a person that thrives on helping others, and my journey to becoming a life coach really stemmed from having my own struggle becoming a mom and a working mom, and just realizing that. There's not enough resources out there for parents to truly understand how to find balance among the Mm -hmm. absolute chaos of being parents. And with all the responsibilities that we have these days, um, I really want to be there to help people understand that they don't have to hate their lives until their kids are older and they just need to make small shifts on a daily basis and it can truly change your life. Oh, it's so
0: true. And we have so many things in common and how we think. So this is going to be a juicy one. Yeah. Um, but before we do dive into giving, um, you know, the parents and and not even just parents, cause you don't need to be a parent to, to hear this because we all have chaos in our lives, you know, yeah. and whether it's through yeah. children or, you know, if you're a business owner, um, insert your word of choice there. Um, this podcast is going to give you some amazing tools But before we dive into it, you just kind of gave us a little bit of a background of what you've been doing for the last three years, 17 (laughs) years. Um, What made the change? Like, I know I know a little bit about your story, Mm -hmm. but what made the change? What was the catalyst for you to start living your dream, as you
1: said, and really stepping into becoming a life coach and creating a different dialogue for you and your family? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I had a a pretty big struggle when I became a working parent. I think the first year after I returned to work, I ended up in a pretty dark place. Uh, I had suffered from depression and suicidal behaviors and thoughts when I was a teenager. And I knew I did not want to end up back there. And so about eight months after I returned to work, I broke down. I literally, I I remember this day very, very clearly. I was in my car. I was commuting three plus hours a day um, to work. And, um, I broke down in my car and I just started bawling my eyes out. And I was like, this can't be it. This cannot be the way life is meant to be as a working parent. Like there's gotta be some way. And because I knew I didn't want to feel the depression that I had before, I knew I needed to make a change. And so I started making small shifts, shifts in my day. Um, That really started me on my journey to self-development. I'd never really been into it before, but I started listening to podcasts and reading books and just claiming back small amounts of time for me. And my sister and I started a Facebook group that every day we would basically just put some inspiration or we would talk about the things that's our, that's working for us and not working for us. We called ourselves like the Try It Mikeys, like we tried out, see if it worked, and then we put <laughs> we put the information on this Facebook group. And I'm an educator in the travel industry, so I love teaching people. And I had a conference that I planned and created content for, and instead of creating content that was travel related, I incorporated a lot of self development and and finding ways to find balance and that type of thing. And I left that conference being like, I have to do this. Like that was the real catalyst. I had the tingles. I was just like, this is what I have to do all the time. Like I just felt so empowered. I felt like I was making a difference for the people Mm -hmm. and I saw the impacts that I was having on them. I had no idea what it was called. I didn't know. I was just like on this next journey of finding out what I needed to do in order to talk about this and to impact people in that way more often. And um, I had a friend who was a life coach. And I'll be honest, I hated the term life coach. I was like, that's a that's a hokey job. There's no way that that's something that I'm going to want to do, because to me, it sounded like I was teaching people how to live life and I Mm. didn't know what that was. Right. I wasn't an expert in living life. I was still learning, but I, think, I didn't, but
0: you know what? That's a really good point. Cause I don't think anybody's an expert,
1: you know, no, in life, gosh, no. <laughs> but I think that's the term, like that's kind of the belief that people have about yeah. life coaches. It's like, They don't want someone telling them how to live their life. And I am not going to tell you how to live your life at all. I'm going to help you figure it out.
0: (laughs) But there's the key, right? Because what works for one person does not work for another person. No, no. And there's something liberating about guiding somebody to find their own truth and then showing them how to go after it. And I think essentially like that's what life coaching is about is helping people find their own spark, helping people find what lights them up, Mm-hmm. And then helping them make those small shifts. Yeah. Um, you said something there that I would love to kind of circle back to because I don't want to go too far in and try to come back sure, to yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, but I love that you said like you you started taking these small steps, and those small steps led to you figuring out that you wanted to do something different. And I think people undervalue the gift of a small step, yep. right? But I think something else that people don't talk about because we are hearing, okay, we have to do these things and we hear, you know, do it in small pockets of time, which is very, very true. But I think there's a piece that I would love to talk to you about is how do you find the small pockets of time? Yeah. Right. Because it's easy for us to say, well, yeah, just find pockets of time in your day. But when people look at their day, they're like, well, I'm, I'm going from seven o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. So, Can we just talk a little bit
1: about how we find that time? Yeah. Yeah. So what I found for me and what I find for so many people that I work with is that we are habitually saying that we're busy without actually being that busy. Habitually saying we're flat out. We have zero time. But when you actually look at your day, how much time are you spending scrolling on social media? Yes. Looking at the television and doing things that have zero intention behind them. And so it's important when you are on any level of burnout, not to shock your system yes oh my god i'm so glad we're talking about this story
0: go 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 because because if
1: you if you are feeling overwhelmed and burnt out and you say i'm going to completely change my life your system just shuts down like your body and your mind will just completely shut down because you're already in a state of fight or flight if you shock it more you're just going to completely like close up and it's not going to work which is why new year's resolutions don't work (laughs) oh it's so good to have you having this conversation (laughs) (laughs) I have so many opinions about New Year's resolutions. Me too. so, (laughs) um, So what it really truly is, is doing small things mm-hmm. in a deliberate and intentional way. So I'll tell you how I did it. Yeah, I looked at what I hated in my day the most. I was like, I hate my commute. I hate it so much. I would get road rage and I would feel so guilty and upset and mad. I was just like, this is the worst. And I was like, okay, what can I do in that hour and a half that I'm doing every day to make it me not hate it as much? I've, And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm sitting there. I can't do very much, but what I can do is change what I listen to. I can change what information is coming at me and who I'm engaging with in that hour and a half. And that's exactly what started it for me. I claimed back that time. And within, I don't even know, a month, it became my most favorite time of the day. I was like, yes, I get to go in my car. <laughs> see, you guys can't see the dance moves. You can't see the dance moves. Ah. <laughs> Oprah was my best friend. Oprah was literally my best friend. And I felt like I was connecting with her, and I just felt so warmed and, and loved from the inside out. And so, Albeit that was a big moment that I was able to claim back. It really is, I think, the best place to start. Figure out what part of your day really is is a bit of a, 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 a challenge for you, something that you don't enjoy and try and either sandwich it with something that you do like or change it and adapt it into such a such a thing that you actually don't hate it. A lot of mums hate cleaning, so listen to some great music yes. or listen to a podcast or something like that. Adapt the, the time that you do have with the things you're already doing. But I also say start with two minutes, two same minutes a day. Oh my God. Like, I, just say start this all the time. with We're the same freaking person, man. No, <laughs> but what's re- what yeah. the reality of starting with small is that as soon as you get that two minutes down pat, you're like, wait, I'll get two more minutes. I could do this for two more minutes. And it grows and grows and grows mm. and grows to a point where like, what the hell was I doing with my time before? Yes. I've got all this amazing time that I'm going to fill my own cup and help myself feel good and just take away all the stresses. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I yeah. have to say about that.
0: And the other thing, too, I think sometimes people think these things have to be absolutes um, because I hear some people say, well, just replace it with your your TV time. But for some people, they really enjoy their TV time. But maybe you take 10 minutes of your TV time and you do something intentional. So I always say when people tell me they don't have time. I don't argue with them. I just say, can you take out your phone for a second? And I was like, can you go look at your logistics and tell me how long Great you time. spend on social media? <laughs> yeah, That's the end of the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, you know, social media is addictive, but it's being intentional and saying, okay, I'm going to take two minutes of this time and two yeah. minutes only. Like, yes, it might even build up and you might do, but even if you just say, there's no way I'm going to go over two minutes. We under- value what can happen in two minutes. Yeah. You know, so I love that, like helping people find those pockets of time Yeah. because we all have these pockets of time where it's just dead space Mm -hmm. where we fill it. Right. Because we feel uncomfortable sitting with our own thoughts. We feel uncomfortable actually listening to the dialogue. So we numb. Right. And I I was guilty of this. I could not meditate or do yoga because I could not sit with my own thoughts. So I totally, I totally understand that, but it's finding those things that make the big difference. I love that.
1: I also really try and encourage people to audit their habits. So a lot of times habits yeah. are those things that we do unconsciously that we don't even yeah. make the decision that we're going to do it. But what I try and get people to do is look at the cost reward factors of each of our habits mm-hmm. and make sure that it makes sense to them. Like it's kind of making habits more of a logistical decision, like (laughs) putting the numbers down to it. Like, what are you getting out of this habit? Is it costing you more, your body, your health, your mental health? Is it costing you more than actually benefiting you and and really helping them understand that they have the power to make changes in their lives and not change their life? You know what I mean? Like it, it is just about making small changes. There's a huge, huge pattern right now of people. It's called the great resignation. People are up and quitting their jobs because they're so miserable. And I, while I appreciate that, I want to encourage people to try and figure out how to love the life that they have, because not everyone yes. is in this situation where they can quit their job and do something else. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to yeah. quit your job in order to find happiness in the life that you do have. Yeah.
0: I always, uh, talk about like, I call it like the cold analogy. Like if you have a head cold, what do we do? We find ways to minimize the impact that it has. We know that the cold has to run its course. We know yeah. that the cold has to, you know, go through stuff. So what do we do? We rest, we take cuffs or up, we drink soup. So I'm like, okay, how can you apply the cold analogy to yeah. the situation that you have? What can you do in your power to make it a little bit better? Yeah. And that little bit better. Um, it just, it has this ripple effect that you're like, Holy shit, like this is working, you know? Yep. Um, But you're right. I think there's a shiny object syndrome where people are just looking, okay, the only way I can be happy is quit the job. They quit the job, they're still unhappy. Yeah. You know? And it's like, (laughs) shit, I just quit my job. But it's it's all about taking those small little tiny steps and exploring because by you taking small steps as well, it led you to your passion. Mm -hmm. You know? And You know, some people who I work with, they're like, okay, I had to quit my job. I'm like, but you don't. You don't have to. You can do both side by side, mm-hmm. you know? And just think about the pressure if you just totally pull the band off. And there's a place and time for that. Don't get me oh, wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's less about these big, like grando- grandiose, I don't know if that's the right word I'm looking for. Um, actions, but it's more about the, okay, I'm just going to start taking these steps in this direction and see how I feel. I've been staying kind of here for a while. This is not working. Um, and you know, just, just trying something new. So I love that. Um, one of the things I really do want to talk to you about, and we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but you know, we have a pandemic still going on, but I think the bigger pandemic is burnout.
1: (laughs) Oh, burnout. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, and I hear so many people use that word. I've experienced burnout myself. What is your experience with burnout? And I'd love to kind of dive into some tips for our listeners to help manage burnout, because I don't think it's a fact of are you burnt out? It's like, okay, what degree <laughs> to, you know, what level are you burnt out? Yeah. Um, you know, and if you're the scatter person who don't have that, that's amazing, but you may in the future. So I think having some tips, tools, and strategies will be fantastic for our listeners. If you wanted to
1: go there. Yeah. So a shocking um, statistic is 80% of parents specifically report being burnt out right now. Wow. 80%. And that's just parents. Like that's not even taking into account other people. So burnout is real. And there are five different um, levels of burnout. So on that 80% and even probably the other 20% are at some level burnt out. And they're increasingly um, more severe in, in, in how they present themselves. And everyone does present differently with burnout. Yeah. But the struggle with burnout is that it is a progressional Situation to be in, and that if it's not caught and dealt with, it's going to lead to very severe bodily harm, mental harm. Um, Relationships are completely destroyed by burnout. Like it's it's pretty drastic how impactful burnout is for people, and what burnout truly is. It's an imbalance of responsibilities uh, compared to the rewards. And so can you say that one more time? Yeah. So burnout is caused by an imbalance of responsibilities versus rewards. So as people, we feel as adults that we have to be serious and do all the things and have all the responsibility, but we're still people and the rewards that as adults, we need to instill in our in our world are things like self care, Mm -hmm. fun, fun, Fun (laughs) enjoy doing things to help ourselves develop as a human. Those are the types of things that are really going to help you address your burnout. And again, it's not about changing your life. It's not about quitting your job. Yeah. You can still have your job and your kids and your, all the things and not be burnt out. We are capable of so much as humans, but what we need to do is make sure that we're implementing the rewards for ourselves internally. It cannot come from anyone else. We have to feel the reward internally in order for that burnout to really dissipate and start, you start to feel that. more balanced.
0: That is such a good definition and a clear vision of what it is. And you know, and I, once again, I know you're saying parents, but like, as you're, as you're talking about that is like, yeah, no parents for sure. But like, I kind of went, well, I'm a businesswoman and I had to be very careful Mm. and very intentional to be putting my energy breaks in, to be having fun. Like this morning, for example, I was like, I do a dance party quite often. I was like, I'm going to video that and like encourage somebody else to dance, but like having that fun in your day and Mm -hmm. having the rewards, I think is so important for every individual, because if we keep doing the same thing over and over and we don't take time to actually be and live, Mm -hmm. like, I think that, like you say, there's no reward there. All the hard things that you're doing, you're not even allowing yourself to have pleasure in it. And as adults, we take ourselves so freaking serious. So and, serious. and I get it. I know we have a lot of responsibilities and it yeah. can be heavy, but we can also find the joy and we can also have fun and we can just pull back some layers and like not give a shit a little bit, you know? And yeah. I feel that we hold ourselves into we have to have this certain image. And I think by doing that, that fosters burnout, too. Yep. Yep. Right. So. Yep. So saying that, what kind of things can people be doing? Like it's, it's easy to say, have fun, do these things, but what are some tools that maybe you have used to kind of reduce the burnout and that you've probably practiced with your clients too? Like, what would you recommend people start doing to to manage their burnout?
1: Yeah. So the easiest thing to do is start implementing 10 minutes of self-care a day. Well, actually, first, let me slides, let me step back. It, depending on your level of burnt out, burnout, your body needs rest. And so you need to make sleep a priority. So you need to figure out systems for you to make sure that you're giving your body the rest that you need. So not watching TV or any screen an hour before, making sure you go to bed at the same time every single day and making sure that, again, because I work with parents, but anyone, if there's an interruption in your sleep, don't just throw in the towel and think that you're never going to sleep again. Yeah. Try and pick it up the next day. Like give yourself a little bit of flexibility to understand that things are going to come up, but right. just try and get that rest as much as you can. Maybe yeah. scale back on your activities for um, a few weeks, something like that, just to really give yourself that rest. Cause that's mm-hmm. truly what your body's requiring right now.
0: I'm really glad that you led with that one because it really is so important. Oh my God. And- <laughs> Because I've had major burnout more than once, I am a little embarrassed to say. <laughs> um, didn't learn it the first time around. Um, for me, I don't have the same capacity as I used to in terms of what I can do. Yeah. And if I don't get a good night's sleep, I am a mess. Yep. And you know, sometimes we have to give ourselves grace where we just focus on one thing at a time. And if focusing on sleep. Is something that you can do, then do it. You know, yeah. and one of the things that I talk a lot about is like how you start your morning, like a morning routine, but I think your morning routine starts with your nighttime routine. Yeah. You know, so having, uh, like, you, like all the tips you gave there were fantastic. And then once again, implementing the two minute rule or 10 minute rule of a little bit of time to yourself. And yeah, once again, I think we can even circle back to, finding parts in your day where you can just swap out something or habit stack on something. So yeah one of the things that I first started when I was starting to work on me was while I was waiting for my coffee to brew, I did my gratitude standing there in front of my coffee machine. Almost every morning I was grateful for my coffee, but that eventually changed. (laughs) But it's like finding these, these pockets of your time. You don't have to recreate extra 10 minutes at the end of your day. It's like, okay, you're in the pickup line waiting for your kid. You're probably scrolling on your phone. Take Five minutes to do some breathing or some gratitude or pop on a podcast, you know, like there's just so many tawny shifts that we can make in our day yeah. that can make these big changes. So, you know, making an inventory and like you say, t- taking track of our habits, we can't manage what we don't measure. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people are taking for granted the amount of time that they waste on habits, like you say, that are subconscious, where if you could bring them to light and say, holy shit, I spend an hour on my phone every morning before I start my work day. Like to me, that goes, okay, I managed it. I put a number on it. That's an hour. I can take 30 minutes of that time to maybe go for a walk or to do Mm -hmm. those things that are going to make you feel better. So love, love, love all those things. Um, I think... As people are listening to this, one of the biggest things that people struggle with, though, is the guilt. Can we dive into that bad boy? Because (laughs) guilt will stop anybody from doing anything for themselves. Like if the guilt is big enough, doesn't matter how much knowledge you have and what you should do. If you feel guilty and feel like you're not worthy of taking that time, you're never going to take it. So how do our listeners, you know who you are, who are feeling they're not enough and that they can't do this and they have to be everything for your children? How can we stop that? How can we kind of curb that guilt and and work on that mindset piece?
1: I think the first item to deal with the guilt is look at your life from a from a perspective that's not your own. And how would you address your best friend if they were feeling the guilt? You'd likely say, oh, stop. You're not like, you need to take care of yourself. Like yeah. we need to start looking at things from a different perspective, not our own, because we're in it so much. So it just looks the same and feels the same. But if we're able to step outside and think, okay, what am I going to, what What would I say to my best friend? If she came to me, and was like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed, but I feel so guilty every time I try and take stuff for myself. Yeah. Um, what would you say to them and say those things to yourself every day? (laughs) Because the thing is, is that guilt will come up every day. The other suggestion I have is create an external being that you can uh, label that guilt. And when Mm -hmm. you feel the guilt coming up, it's someone, not you, you are not that guilt. No one comes out of the womb guilty. That's not a thing. And so you can, externalize that guilt and see it as like someone you don't like at a party and just go away another way. (laughs) Yeah, Name that sucker, create a visual image of that thing. And so when you start to feel the guilt coming, there's someone else. And so it's a lot easier for us to detach ourselves from those feelings if they are an external entity. Yes. And so when it guilt does come, you're able to to visualize that external person. And you're like, hey, I don't want to listen to you. You're not helping me. You're not presenting this situation in a real and true manner. I choose not to listen to you. Now, I'm not saying that super like it's going to happen overnight. It's a process. Mm -hmm, It's a journey for you to build a relationship with that guilt and 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 get the strength to be able to fully say no. douchebag, get out of my way. I'm not <laughs> listening to you. Yeah. Um, but it's a start. It's a really great start. I feel the other thing too, is talk about it. we, Along with the guilt, we're shamed about talking about how we feel. And so find people that you're able to connect with about these sorts of things. So even if you need that friend to talk to you the way you should be talking to yourself, like just talk about it. Just say, like, guys, I feel like crap today because I don't feel like I deserve the good things. And um I lost my train of thought. But yeah, so talk about it and don't judge yourself for feeling guilty.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so
1: the, important. Yeah, that that discernment, judgeless discernment—that is our favorite word right now. Yes, it's 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 a feeling. It's not who you are. It's just something yeah. that's habitual for a lot of people to mm-hmm. feel this guilt. It doesn't have to be that way. And with some clear intentions, um, you can actually get rid of it. I mean, I posted a reel yesterday that I still talk to my mom guilt every single day. It's always there, saying, "Well, why do?" not you need to do this for your daughter. You need to Mm -hmm. do this for your husband. And it really took me understanding that in order for me to be my best, I use this analogy all the time. We get on an airplane and they say, if you're traveling with someone that needs assistance, you have to put your own mask on first before you can help everyone else. You are useless if you do not serve yourself first. You're useless to everybody around you. And so it's really just starting to have that daily conversation with yourself, that note. In order for me to be my best, I have to take care of myself first.
0: Absolutely. And it's so important. It's like you have to plug the the leaks, you know? And as you were talking, I had this visualization of a boat. Like if you are out in a boat and you're rowing the boat and you have a hole in your boat, doesn't matter how hard you paddle. If you don't plug that freaking hole, you're not going to get to the destination. You are going to sink. Yeah. And I think burnout and all the things that weigh us down are the holes. And if we don't mm-hmm. plug them, yeah. we're never going to move forward. And I love the fact that you are having this dialogue about not making this about us that we are not our thoughts and not judging it because we all have guilt about certain things and guilt is not a bad thing you know it's really a good thing to have guilt but when we're feeling guilty about doing things for ourselves that's obviously something that's not useful and the thing too is like that guilt is fulfilling a need for you Mm -hmm. And even just getting clear with, okay, let's get to the root of the problem. Why do I feel guilty about taking this time for me? And if you really sit with it, you'll understand that it's not the guilt. The guilt is just how it's presenting itself. There's probably something deeper that's fueling that guilt. So if you can get to the root of that, and maybe you need someone to help you get there, but getting to the root of why... The guilt is what's presenting. I really think you can start healing that relationship with yourself and then really learn how to kind of step into not feeling guilty about taking time for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you hit the nail on the head with if we want to show up best for the people, we have to, to take care of ourselves. Like my husband knows when I don't do my morning routine. He's like, you didn't do your morning routine, did you? "Uh, I'll be back in 15 minutes, (laughs) you know, and like even my energy breaks. Like when I go for my walk, like there's many a days I live with chronic pain every day. I'd say 90% of my days, I don't want to go for my afternoon walk, but I come back a different person. Yeah. You know, so we're not saying these things are easy (laughs) because, you know, if you're 22, like uh, Heather, it's. (laughs) <laughs> no, just tease it you know for 22 years you're telling yourself stories that were passed on to you so breaking that and creating new ones it is going to take daily practice you can't just go one day and be like oh that didn't work i'm done like it got to be it's it's not a destination it's a journey and every day it's okay if you slip up you're like okay fair enough that was a shitty ass day today's a new day Let, yeah. let's try today and yeah the thing is is like if you take a look at progress, progress is never linear. There's a lot of up and down, up and down. But the thing is, like, right, but you're still going up as long as you're still yeah. going up and you're improving. then that's the key. We're not supposed to get this perfect, no. um, but not trying and not giving it a shot and just saying, well, this is just how it is. And I'm just going to have to suck it up till the kids move out or, you know, when I reach his destination, it's not a way of living, you know, and it's and it doesn't have to be that way.
1: No, no, I really want to empower people to understand that they have they have choices in their life still, even though it doesn't seem like it. And it really just takes some slowing down, some building some intention and true awareness of what's going on. Yes,
0: because I feel like that self-awareness and recognizing our own shit is part of the game. You know, it is so easy, but hard at the same time to blame your circumstances on all of the things around you. Yeah. And I, that, that's a little bit of a truth bomb. That's really hard to hear, but we can really just point fingers and be like, well, as long as I point fingers, it's not me, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that you know, you created all this mess or whatever, but I am saying that you do have some choice and, you know, pulling up those big girl panties and being
1: like, (laughs) okay, what can I, (laughs) what can I choose to work on? Yeah. 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 And I think like, I, I deal with parents mostly, but it's, it's understanding their responsibility to be the beacon of light for their kids on how they should behave. Yeah. Like, would you want to look at your kid and say, "No, you don't deserve self care"? Because if you don't do your own self care, that's what you're mm-hmm. communicating to them. One hundred percent. And
0: even like to take this like an extra like woo is <laughs> we like woo. <laughs> you know, just, you know, kids model your behavior. And when your kids grow up and they come to you and they say to you all the things that you're saying to yourself, (laughs) what are you going to say to your child when they're like, I'm not going to take time for me? I don't have time. I'm too busy, blah, blah, blah. You're going to see a mirror of yourself because your children are, they don't go by what you're saying. They go by what you're doing. And empowering your children right now you can't see them as adults but like go there for a second see them as an adult and be like what skills am I giving them to be an adult that takes care of themselves and is not following in my footsteps of burnout and not taking care of me so if you can't do it for yourself right now lean on the The idea that you're doing it for your kids, because chances are you're already leaning on that now and saying, Well, I'm doing this for my kids and I'm doing this because I'm a good parent. But if you want your kids to have self care and to be modeling good behavior, then let that be your motivator to show them what it's like to take 30 minutes and you can be a good mom and do that at the same time, you know? Or you're going to be a better
1: mom. If you are able to look after yourself. Yes.
0: But we have to teach, like, if not, we're just creating another cycle of burnout. Like I truly believe that we are in the generation now of breaking these generational traumas or these generational cycles, patterns, whatever you want to call it. Um, We don't have to feel this way, you know, and accepting that and being brave enough to change those patterns is amazing because that's where you're going to see the magic happen, in, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And it is truly like all behaviors learned. And so if you are feeling overwhelmed and burnt out, where did you learn that behavior from? Yeah. Chances and are somebody, mirrored somebody that for you. Yeah, And then someone before that, and then someone before that. So it really takes some like strong axing to, to change those behaviors. But we are in such a, a unique place in the world that we have, the ability and the intelligence to become so much more self-aware than people were able to do before. We have the tools, we have the beacons of light. We have social media as crazy as it is. We have people that are, we're able to learn from and, and listen to that are going to allow us to become far more self-aware than any other generation. Yeah. And, and it's just a gift. from there. Oh my gosh. It's such a totally. gift, yeah. such a gift,
0: such a yeah. gift. And yeah. And the power is ours. Like we get to create something different. Like, you know, I know there's a lot of pain in the world right now, but there's also yes. a lot of beauty. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of things and opportunities that we are getting that we're also not stepping into. So, yeah. you yeah. know, kind of doing that and, you know, kind of to bring things full circle is to put you back in focus. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like now is the time, you know, yeah. to, to be that light for yourself and to have that ripple effect on the people that, um, that love you. So for those people who we have them convinced now <laughs> to start taking some time, what do you have to say about allowing them to put themselves back in that focus?
1: I think for a lot of people, again, as they grow into being an adult, there is less focus on who they are at the, at a core level, and so, again, as I deal with parents, especially parents, lose themselves as true people when they have these little humans. And it's like you are still a human. You still deserve good things. You still deserve the core like requirements to live: water, food, and <laughs> shelter. And and there's actually a term called matres- matrescence, I think it's called, and it's actually a, a, a a scientific term for mums, especially it's a seven year cycle that they go through after they have a child that they have zero idea who they are. It's like a, it's like a, a second puberty for pair for mums. Wow. Because their body isn't the same and everything within their, their physical being is not the same anymore. Plus they have this responsibility of this child. And so We really have to try and understand how to create the new sense of self after becoming a parent, because you are completely different. I grieved my old self for years after having my daughter because I didn't recognize myself. I didn't know who I was anymore. And it really took a lot of time. And I'm still learning who I am now because it really, truly is such a life changing experience having a child. So I want to spend time with people who want to figure out who they are now and empower them again with the idea that they get to pick who they want to be because who you are is what you do and what you think and, and, and all the things. And so you can look back at who you were prior to kids and say, okay, I really loved how fun I was. I love this and this, how do I do that today? What actions can I take today to be that person? Who am I who am I today that I really like? Okay, how do I implement that in my day? And who do I want to become? And so it's really just like understanding who you are and making sure that you're putting that focus on you every single day and creating a plan of who you want to become.
0: That is absolutely beautiful. Like, and I feel that sums up our whole entire conversation right there (laughs) because we are, we are just a sum of our thoughts and our actions Mm -hmm. and both of those things we have control over.
1: Absolutely.
0: if we can step into, you know, believing that and actively changing that everything else changes. Yeah. But I think it's so important to have these conversations with people to surround yourself with people who are doing the work and, you know, you and I have had so many deep conversations and like, for somebody who has just met each other, like we have had like <laughs> raw, deep, yep. like, hey, yeah. this is a trigger. This is how I'm feeling. Can we talk this through? Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I can take this out if you don't want me to share this part, <laughs> but I remember the first time we met in person and we went for a walk around Kitty Vitty and uh, we came back and you're like, hey, I just need to share this trigger with you. <laughs> and I remember saying like, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> How cool is this that we are starting our friendship, Yeah, I'm getting emotional with yeah. this open dialogue of, I'm just going to share my raw honesty. I want to do better here, but both of our parts, like, let's do better in this area. Let's talk this piece out. And it was just such a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. And I feel when you surround yourself around people who are having conversations of growth, mm-hmm. what can happen is just endless. And you just learn so much about yourself. So oh my God. I got tingles, <laughs> right? It's just so cool. It's, yeah. you know, and I just want to thank you for sharing all your wisdom and we're not done yet. We need to dive into our rapid fire question. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that is a good space to, to kind of sum all that together. So mm-hmm. thank you
1: for that. But let's it have is. some laughter because we all yeah. know <laughs> well, we hate laughing i don't like laughing at all
0: <laughs> oh, God, my cheeks were hurt before we even pushed
1: yeah <laughs> oh okay so if this, only you knew what we were laughing about Parker. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it might have been about <laughs> farting no <laughs> oh,
0: oh i'm so dear. mature i love it oh, me too um, so this is just as it implies, it's rapid fire. First thing that comes to your mind and we'll go from there. Are you ready? I me. Mean, yes. <laughs> yes. It's so funny. Every time we get to this part, people are like, I think so. It's like we just talked about some deep shit. Here we go.
1: <laughs> OK. <laughs> da, 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 da. Who okay. was your favorite Spice Girl? Uh, Jerry. Nachos or tacos? Ta- okay, tacos. I have tacos every week. Taku's Day. I, I was teaching my daughter the word tacos Day yesterday. Tuesday is now no longer. It's Taku's Day. I am obsessed with tacos. I have tacos everything. I have a taco Halloween costume, taco hat, taco socks. I have like taco holders that are stegosauruses. Like I am obsessed with tacos. Oh my goodness. Do you like yeah. nachos though? I do enjoy nachos, but tacos okay. are my thing. Oh, I love that. And yeah. <laughs> nickname you used to have or still have? Um, Kit. 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 Where did yeah. that come from? I lived with my aunt and uncle when I was in grade eleven, and yeah. their daughter was also named Heather, which was confusing. So we we were both uh, we both got nicknames, and mine stemmed from my dad called me kitten when I was a kid. Oh, and so they shortened cute. it to Kit. Kit. Yeah. <laughs> Kit. Nobody calls me that anymore. I, my aunt and uncle still do, um, but nobody else calls me it anymore. But yeah, oh, Kit. I may start calling you Kit. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you could travel back in time, where would you go? Not a very rapid fire question. Um, <laughs> where would I go? Probably to um, a day that my daughter was like six months old just Aww. just just to hold her again like that.
0: Oh, the snuggles. Um say a word in French and it can't be bonjour. <laughs> Fromage. <laughs> <laughs> <Duckles>. Cheese.
1: Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Sunset or sunrise? I watched the sunrise on the Taj Mahal and that has like really swayed my <laughs> My uh my favorable thing to be sunrises. Wow. Yeah. It was incredible. Wow. It was incredible. That just
0: went on my my bucket list. Oh, it was. Oh my
1: God. Yeah, it was amazing. What's
0: your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? Tacos. (laughs) (laughs) From do you have a restaurant that you like the best?
1: Um, well, we've gone to Cajoni's a few times here. Their tacos are yeah. pretty good, but I haven't tried any other tacos here. Um, actually my favorite, one of my favorite restaurants in Vancouver, where we were from was called Calabash and for any mm-hmm. listeners in Vancouver, go to Calabash.
0: They have, I love the good fish taco. I gotta be honest. Oh, really? yeah.
1: Um, but Calabash is actually a Jamaican restaurant. Um, so they have like Caribbean oh. food, but they have these thing called doubles oh. and they're like these chickpea sandwiches, like these chickpea wraps. They're delicious. So, mm. yeah, oh, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, what's your favorite word? Taco. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite word. No, bliss. I love bliss. Bliss, bliss is my favorite love word. Yeah.
0: Um, what's your go to song if you need to pick me up?
1: It changes right now. It's Harry Styles as it is, as it was, as it was. Before that, it was Dua Lupa and Elton John's song. I forget what it was called. Cold Heart? Oh my God, I can't even.
0: Okay. (laughs) I put that song on repeat. I love that song. The windows go down yeah. and I only know, I think one line, but I love the song. Yeah. Cold,
1: cold, <laughs> hot. I'm just thinking, oh, I love it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Not surprised we have the same favorite Obviously. song. Barring like, like popular songs right now, any Beatles album. I'm a Beatles fanatic, so I love putting their their music on. Fair, fair. Yeah.
0: If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Any sport. Or activity. It doesn't have to be a sport. It could be eating tacos.
1: <laughs> Just go along with the theme here. An award. Yeah. Like an Olympic medal, kinda.
0: Like you could create your own Olympic medal. Can it not be, so you
1: said it can't, it cannot be sports. Yeah, it could be whatever you I'd want. I'd love to win like American Idol. Ooh, I've always wanted I like I've always wanted to sing. I don't, but I, no. I I'm i not to. a good singer. I try very often.
0: It doesn't go well. Yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would it be?
1: I have it already. What is it? Just being the light.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> don't get me emotional. Texting or talking.
1: Uh i'd I'd like to say talking, but I'm definitely like texting. I'm really into voice messages right now because I actually yeah. don't physically like to text because I'm a terrible speller, like the worst. And, yeah, so probably voice messaging. <laughs> So talking. <laughs> talking, but not actually really talking to them.
0: <laughs> I find my brain can't keep up with like my fingers can't keep up with yeah. my brain. So I'm like, I just got a video. I I, I can't. <laughs> As you know, you get lots yeah. from me. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> morning or night person? Oh, definitely morning. I am asleep by nine o'clock. I can't Same. I can't function oh. at night. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker.
0: <laughs> Describe yourself in three
1: words. Dorky um easygoing and caring oh I agree I love all three <laughs> um if you were
0: stranded on a tropical island and you had all of the essentials what two things would you want to take with you
1: is the essentials my family
0: yeah okay you, they can be there so they can be yeah, there if you want them to be they can be an essential if not that's cool too <laughs>
1: um what would I have with me tacos <laughs> Fair, but that's part of the essentials food it's it's an essential for me (laughs) um I would probably have a cat or a dog with me yeah an animal and I would have a way to stream yoga videos oh
0: interesting
1: I love that yeah um climb a mountain or jump from a plane Jump from a plane would have been like 15 years ago, uh, but now climb a mountain.
0: If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Yes. If
1: I was like starving.
0: Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Animals, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. And this one is a little bit more, um, I guess, sappy and a little bit longer. What is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier in life?
1: I did get it earlier and I didn't listen. (laughs) What was it? (laughs) Uh, This too shall pass. Uh, My dad is like, says it all the time, all the time. And I think it's twofold in the sense of like, the bad times will pass and the good times will pass. And so I think that's really come to light for me in the last little while. um, Because it's like, it gives me a bit of solace knowing that things are always going to be different the next day, regardless of good or bad, because you're able to recognize that even in the bad moments, you're able to learn from them. Like it's an ability to, to know that, Oh, this is an opportunity for growth. Like, not that you like the bad moments or looking forward to them, but at the same time, when you're in them, you're like, okay, I'm meant to learn some from this. Like it's a good opportunity. Um, So yeah, just understanding. I wish I'd listened to that earlier for sure.
0: I love that. And it's so very true. Like nothing is constant. Nothing.
1: We are not (laughs) constantly.
0: No, but I think sometimes we like to believe that we are because we try to control all of the things, but it's a false illusion like you don't have control and everything is constant So that's really I love that and
1: any any parents out there the best piece of advice that I got as a parent well two things one yeah don't listen to anyone else's advice (laughs) yes I remember you saying that to me a while back and it's so true like yeah yeah and um take as many videos as you can
0: Oh yeah. Beautiful sentiments. I love that. It's so important. Mm. Um, and you know, losing my dad at a very young age, he was only 59. I wish I took more, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, and you're, you're young and you don't really see the value sometimes, but yeah.
1: yeah. Random guy in a coffee shop told me that when I was like, I think my daughter was four months old and he's like, just make sure to take lots of videos. And ever since then, I'm always like videos. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I
1: always think about that man too. I remember what he looks like. I didn't get his name. It was literally like a split second conversation, but he still impacts me today, so.
0: But how beautiful is that, that somebody who said, take all the videos, free words, I could have such a, yeah. just goes like the power of your, the power of your words and your actions, they matter. Yeah, but, Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, I really legit feel like we could chat (laughs) for and we were talking a half an hour before we even started. So (laughs) but obviously I want everybody to be able to follow you. You have some amazing services that you have to offer. So can you just tell the amazing listeners how to find you and all of your good details? Please and thank you. Yeah. So
1: first I just want to say, Gina, I'm so grateful that you're in my world. I'm gonna get more (laughs) emotional.
0: Right back at you.
1: Um. Oh dear. Okay.
0: <laughs> Heather, <laughs> sorry, I can't look at you.
1: Okay. Kay. But yes, I can be found on Instagram uh, at Heather the Coach. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. On my Instagram, you can also find the link to my website. So on my website, uh, you can find all my services. I do one-on-one coaching. I also have a passion about teaching, so I love hosting workshops. So if any listeners are interested in, um, putting a group together and doing a great workshop, I have core values to bees. Like I can, I can custom make workshops for, for people as well. I've also got some great free resources for you on my website. There's a 10 minute, um, 10 minute self-care challenge for you. I've got a, um, burnout guide. So talks about the symptoms of burnout, how you recognize your burnout, what stage you're at, and the tips on how to reverse burnout. And uh, yeah, so just check out my website. It's connectingtoblisscoaching.com. It's the website.
0: Awesome. And I'll put all of her information in the show notes so you can have easy access Trust me when I say this. You need Heather in your life. Go and start following her on Instagram. She's very active there. Um, and yeah, you're just going to love the vibe that she puts out. She is truly one of the most beautiful people that I know. So go follow Thank her. Thank you, Gina. Do the workshops. Yeah. Work with her. Do all the yeah.
1: things. <laughs> um, thanks again, Heather. Thank you, I'm so Gina. happy that you're on today. You. You're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much for, for having me here and for anyone listening. I love you and appreciate you and sending you light. Oh,
0: thank you so much. And thank you, friends, for listening to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. And remember to always keep it kind, keep it fun, and always keep it real.